Welcome to another episode from TFA Church. Here at TFA Church, we value people and we trust that this episode will be a blessing to you. We are going all in, and that's the sermon series title, All In. And uh, when we were on vacation and we were uh, doing what we do, visiting with family, and, and we were we were uh, enjoying time together, of course, doing a lot of traveling. I was just praying about the next series and, and knew where we wanted to go, but, but didn't have a, a sermon series title and, until we were over this bridge and, and over the Potomac, right? Over the Potomac. And it's, it's a huge bridge in Maryland as you're kind of going close to Washington, D.C. and over this huge bridge and you're coming into Annapolis and it really, and, and y'all, when I say huge bridges, y'all, y'all don't think anything because we have big bridges in South Louisiana, but this is a huge, it's probably the biggest bridge I've ever been on. It goes over the Potomac and, and uh, I was on the outer lane by the edge and I just, it broke the law. There was no cops around me. I got in the middle lane because I was a little worried about being on the, the edge and there was a rail, so it wasn't like I was free falling or anything, but but when I got on the, the, the bridge, it's not like the Lord spoke to me or anything, but I just thought, I'm all in. I am all in. We are all in because we are on this bridge now. There's no going back because, I mean, you couldn't get back if, if you tried. And so uh, Paul, the Apostle Paul, was all in. He was all in with Jesus. He was all in with the Holy Spirit. He was all in about the church and its mission, and he was all in about healthy relationships. So those are the, the four weeks of, of our sermon series, all in with Jesus, all in with the, the Holy Spirit, all in with the church and its mission, and all in with, with healthy relations with believers and unbelievers. And, and we're going to walk through that as we, as we uh, journey through the life of the Apostle Paul throughout different verses. We're just going to so happen to land in, in Philippians this morning. But uh, as we were taking the tour throughout Washington, D.C., uh, we went to the Museum of the Bible, which, which is fascinating. There are seven floors in the Museum of the Bible, and it's kind of a scientific discovery on the, on the bottom floor where the science and the Bible and, and how the Bible speaks. You know, it's, the Bible is not a book of science, but the things that it says, uh, that the declarations that it makes are, have been scientifically proven to be true. Like the, the earth is a sphere. It's not, it's not, a, it's not flat. It's, it's round. The Bible talks about that and, and other statements that it makes. Well, then the, another floor was all about the artifacts, the manuscripts about the Bible. And, and, and uh, one of the floors, it just kind of brought it home because it was all about Jesus and the, the, the impact that Jesus and the gospel has made around the world. But right after the, the, the trip to the Museum of the Bible, we, want, we had some tickets to get into the Library of Congress the biggest library in the world, has the most volumes of, of any library in the world. And, and uh, we stood in line and we waited to get into the inner courts of the chamber. And this, this ceiling, I don't know how tall it is. You could probably look it up online. And, and it's this huge ceiling of all these carvings upon the, the ceiling of the, of the Library of Congress. And it's fascinating. But you can go up to the second floor and walk down the hallway. And they give you a tour of Thomas Jefferson's library. Thomas Jefferson's library, and Thomas Jefferson loved to read, and, and he, he, uh, he, he loved to read so much that he made this statement, I cannot live without books. I cannot live without books. And when I saw that over the threshold uh, of his part of the library, I, I just thought, wow, 
he can't live without books. And it's good to read, by the way. It's good to, to read the Bible. It's good to read uh, books. But what is it in our life that we cannot live without? God. Yeah. Jesus in our life. And following Jesus, we can try. And many of us before Christ, we tried. We tried to do it our way. We tried to, to be happy and to have joy. We, we did that. We walked that journey. But, but it's impossible. It's impossible. It's, it's impossible to have joy without Jesus. So my whole life, your whole life, if you're in Christ, if you've been born again, is that we cannot live without God. In 6,000 volumes, he just gives to the United States government to, to, uh, to begin, really, the Library of Congress back in the day. And, and I want to submit to you that, that uh, you know, Paul, his life was all about Jesus. For some people, uh, their whole life is, is about shopping. Any new stores in Thibodeau, ladies? Come on, T.J. Maxx. You can't do without living anymore in Thibodeau without T.J. Maxx. What about eating? Any new restaurants? Come on. Walk on. Well, for some it's sports. For some it's a particular hobby. For some it's, it's uh, if you're a carpenter, you can't live without your hammer and drill. Casey's a painter, so he couldn't live without his paintbrush and you can, you have to have that if you're going to or the roller the roller brush if you're a welder brother don it would be a i don't know what you call a blowtorch right it's some rods some rods you need some good rods to, to be a, a welder for a teacher uh, you need a good whiteboard and computer nowadays to kind of interact with the kids you you have to you have to have the right thing well for for us as believers it's all about following Jesus. It's all about what he's done for us and all about serving him and giving our life completely and going all in. What is it that you cannot live without? Think about that. When we landed back in New Orleans a couple of weeks ago, our missions team, uh, we thought we couldn't live without our luggage. But we made it a couple days without our luggage, the whole team. But eventually, the luggage came. What is it that we cannot live without? You know, when Steffi and I began to fall in love and she just began to say, say how precious of a person I was. <laughs> we used to send these notes. Remember notes? You'd write it, you'd write, you'd write a letter and you put it, you put it in the envelope and you put it in the mailbox and you send it in mail and you, 22 cent stamp back in the day or 15 cents? You, well, you know, I got one. I was on my ministerial internship in Charleston, South Carolina, near there for the whole month, and she wrote a letter. And uh, I don't know, Steph, if you sprayed perfume on it, but, you know, when you get a letter back in the day, you, you know, you, you smell it. You, and when, you, when I smelled that perfume, we call it smelling the perfume, I, I just thought, oh, my goodness, I'm in love. I'm in love. I don't care who knows. Right? You've seen that movie. I'm in love. I'm in love. Don't care who knows you. And, and, and I was all in because she was sharing things in the, in, the, in the letter. And I couldn't wait to see her after the internship. I was all in. The commitment. And that's really what all in means. It's wholehearted commitment. Wholehearted commitment. 
When you're all in, it's wholeheartedly committed to Jesus Christ. Well, the story of of Saul of Tarsus is one that he was very religious. You, many of you, if not all, know the story of, of Saul, but he was persecuting the church, and, and God really arrested him. Jesus appeared to, to Saul on the road to Damascus and, and saved him, and that's real, really where we're going to land next week when, when, when he was filled with the Holy Spirit, and that's why Saul was all about the Holy Spirit. But, but this week, we, we, we look really at his salvation and the fact that he came to Christ, and, and he's devoted his life now to Jesus, and it was no longer about religion to him. It was no longer about all the things that he could do right, all of the rules. When Jesus Christ saved Saul, when he put his Holy Spirit inside of Saul, it changed his life completely. What was in the past was the past, and it was good learning to, to, to help him thrust himself into the future, into his ministry. But when, he met, when, when God met Saul on the road to Damascus and saved him, it changed his entire life. And so we pick up the reading in Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 through 10. He says this, the Apostle Paul says, Whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more? I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, be found in Christ, not having a righteousness or a right standing before God, being right in the eyes of God, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. He says, I want to know Christ. I want to know Christ. The power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings. You know, those are two, that's a high and a low. Those are two extremes. I want to know the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings. When, when you make that type of, sta- of a statement, you are all in. <laughs> when you say, I want the blessing, but yes, the burden of suffering as well, you're all in. When it doesn't matter who's ridiculing you, when it doesn't matter if you're on the mountaintop or in the valley, you're all in. It's wholehearted commitment. Becoming like him in his death. And then he, he says in Philippians chapter 3, verses 4 through 6, if anyone else thinks he has reasons to put confidence in the flesh. Talking about religion now. I have more. See, when it's about rules, we we make a list. When it's about legalism, even after coming to Christ, when it's about all the things we try to do to make ourselves holy, and those may be good things that that we want to please the Lord, but, but Paul's getting rid of his list here. He's getting rid of his rules. He says, if anything else has reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. I'm circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law of Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, and as for legalistic righteousness, I was faultless. And if you talk to anyone today, that would be enough. Just do your best. Do your best to get into heaven. Do your best to be religious. Do your best to do this, to do that. Just try your best, and you'll make it. You'll be okay. And you know, if you were to attend anyone's funeral and homegoing, perhaps they were a believer. 
Perhaps they were not. We, we would say kind words to them to bring comfort to the family. But, but in reality, the, the Bible speaks of being born again. And the, the Bible speaks of the, the difference between really re- religion and relationship. And, and, and Paul's saying, I, I'm forgetting that old life. I was trying to do my very best to please God. But now it's all about the fact that Jesus has arrested me. He has changed my life. And it, it's no longer I that am living, but it's Jesus Christ that's living in me. And this life I'm living, I'm living by faith in the Son of God, not in all the rules from the Old Testament. I'm living by faith in the Son of God who, who loved me. He died for me and, and took my place upon that cross. See, it's, it's about having that relationship with Christ. Paul says he wanted to know Christ. He wanted to know Him. He wanted to walk with Christ. He desired to know Him. And the filter in which everything flowed throughout his life from the time of his conversion to the, to the time of his death was, was his desire to learn Jesus. Paul's ambition, his ambition, his calling was to know Jesus, was to walk with Jesus, to follow Jesus with wholehearted devotion. That, that was his passion. He, he said, I consider all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Jesus Christ. Song of Solomon says, I have found him whom my soul loves. Song of Solomon chapter 3 verse 4. It was, it was that moment for Paul, for Saul, which later his Gentile name was, was, was Paul. And, and he, he basically is saying, I have found the one in whom my soul loves. I have found Jesus. Come on, you know what it was like to be away from God. And when, you, when Jesus enlightened your heart, when he saved you from your sin and, and washed you clean, I've heard examples like it feels like a fire hose was on the inside of me washing me. I've, I've heard some say that it, it felt like I was whiter than snow, that I was lighter than a cloud when I left church that day, or, or, or one that says I, I, I cried a bucket of tears over my steering wheel and, and I came up so lighter than I'd ever been before. It's, it's that moment for, for Saul, for Paul, that, that he can't live now without Jesus. He can't live now without completely going all in for Jesus Christ. Paul makes so many statements about Jesus in the New Testament. Over 218 times in his writings, he uses the name Jesus. And then there are other times he says Lord and, and Christ. So he's, he's writing about Jesus all the time. All the time, it's, his life's about Jesus. And he's, he's saying, this is what he has shown me. He's, he's saying in Romans chapter 5, verses 1 and 2, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. He's, he's making his entire mission because he's all in Jesus. He says in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 8, none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. The Holy Spirit's revealing to Paul things to write, but Paul's declaring, the one I met, the one that met me, all right, the one that met me, he is the Lord of glory. He says that he's the only foundation, 1 Corinthians 3.11, for no other foundation can a man lay except that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. He's the foundation. He says in 1 Corinthians 5, 7, and 8, purge out therefore the old leaven that you may be that may be a new lump as you are unleavened for even Christ our Passover. He, he introduces us to that idea of Christ the Passover in the New Testament. 
2 Corinthians 4, 4, he's the light of the gospel. He, the God of this world has blinded the minds of them that do not believe, but the light of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, and he uses that word again in the book of Colossians chapter 1, that he is the exact representation of the being of God, that Jesus Christ, the only begotten of the Father, he says in Galatians 5, 1, stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. He says so many things and in this book of Philippians he mentions the name of Christ 22 times that Jesus is who it's all about. I want to submit to you three ways that Paul wanted to know Jesus. Number one, he wanted to know Jesus personally. He said, I, I, I want to know Christ. It's the same word that King David from the Old Testament uses in Psalm 63, verse 1. He says, Oh God, you are my God. Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. His, his faith, his vibrant faith propelled him to succeed in his endeavors. And although he desired for others to know Christ, his desire was to know Christ personally. And that superseded everything he did. The very fact that Paul said, I, I, I want to know Jesus. So when we come in a corporate worship setting like this, we, uh, you know, we, some of us are here by choice. Some of us came with someone else. Someone invited us. And, and, and we made a decision in that to, to be here. Uh, and, and there can almost be a comfort and a, and a security, which there should be, by the way, when we come to church in a corporate setting that, hey, we're worshiping together. That's good. That's, that's never going away. We need each other. As iron sharpens iron, so, iron, so one man sharpens another, the Bible says. But, but we can almost fall into a trap that I'm okay spiritually because I'm here. I'm, I'm with everyone. Right? I'm, I'm here with my, my husband or my wife or a friend, a boyfriend or a girlfriend. But let me encourage you to take one more step. Don't just be right corporately. Be right individually in your heart. Because the Bible says that we will all give an account before the Lord individually. Romans chapter 14. We're going to stand and give an account of our lives to God. Individually. So I'm thankful you're here. I'm thankful you're, you've been invited and that you're here and, and that you'll be inviting others to come because this is just an amazing church and, and we missed y'all so much. All y'all. We missed all y'all so much being gone. But, but understand, it's a personal decision. Pastor Danny can't make you do anything. The, the deacons, the, the board, the ministry leaders, the life group leaders, we, no one can. No, it's a personal decision. Do you know personally? That Jesus Christ loves you. That he died for your sins. Do you personally have an assurance that if you were to die today that you would make heaven your home? Because not of something you've done because of what Jesus has done. And you've put your faith and trust in what he did on the cross as full payment for your sins. And now you have trusted your life with Jesus. That's a personal decision. Make it personal. Make it right and say, Lord, I give my life to you. I want to personally give you my life. See, it's, it's rules versus relationship. It's rules in the, in the corporate context, but it's relationship personally. Lord, I want to know you. I want to know what you say to me. 
When I get up on Monday morning, I go back to work or go to that school or go on that job. I, I want to know what you're saying to me personally when I read my Bible. And it's a person. That's, that's what Paul wanted to know. He, he said, I, I want to know. Secondly, he wanted to know the Lord passionately, passionately. He said, I forget, verses 13 and 14 now we read on, I forget what is behind me and I strain toward what is ahead. I press on toward to, towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. It's a personal desire. It's personal. But when it becomes personal, when you, understood, when you understand what he did for you personally, it becomes a passion. You say, you're one of those Jesus freaks, aren't you? Yes. <laughs> you're one of those people that believe the Holy Spirit's for today. Yes. Because he met me personally. And I want everyone else to know what, what he can do for your life and in your life. When you repent of your sin and lay it on the altar and begin to serve the Lord, it's, it's a passion. It's a rip your heart out and give it to Jesus' desire. It's, a, it's going forward and not backwards in your faith. The Greek word here for straining towards what's ahead, it means to stretch. It means to stretch. You know, when we go run or we work out, we should stretch. But it means to stretch towards Jesus. It means to reach out. Reach out. Are you reaching out to the Lord? That old song, reach out and touch the Lord as he comes by. You'll find he's not too busy to hear your heart's cry. He's passing by this moment your needs to supply. Reach out and touch the Lord as he goes by. It's a, it's a reaching out. It's a straining. It's a stretching. It, it means... Yes, the Lord is here. The Lord is here. Yes, He lives on the inside. Don't misunderstand. He, he's inside of you if you're saved, if you're born again. But listen, it's a stretching. It's a stretching. It's a reaching out. I, I just don't have enough. I want to see more. I want more of the Lord in my life. It's a stretching, and that's a passion. That's a wholehearted commitment that says I'm all in. I'm all into who Jesus is. I'm all into His calling for my life. I'm all in, and I'm stretching. I'm reading my Bible. I'm meditating. I'm worshiping. I'm, I'm doing the things that I need to do to stretch. Go all in. Go all in. Say, I want to stretch to be more like Jesus. Nehemiah is a great example from the Old Testament that it took 52 days to build a wall that had been broken down for hundreds of years. But in 52 days, he said, something's got to be done. Something has to be done about this wall. And in 52 days, as they're fighting the, the, uh, the, those that are trying to invade and, 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 and building the wall with the other hand, they had a sword in one hand and a, and a, a shovel in the other hand or a, a, a scaffold or whatever you call that thing, the trough, that, that they're, they're getting the, the wall ready to, for mason, masonry and, and building bricks. It's a passion. Let me ask you a question. Is, is serving the Lord for you, don't hear this in condemnation, hear this in a, in a, is serving the Lord an option for you? Just another choice for you to check off the box? Or is it everything? That's what this series is about. I want to I push us to, we got to have more of Jesus in our life. It's a passion. It's everything about me and all that I am wanting to serve Jesus and love him and know him. John Mason says the promises of God are either a passion or they are nothing. And this, this, this week I was thinking about 
my, my grandmother Dean, my, 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 uh, my mom's, on her side, my maternal grandmother, my mom's stepmother. And uh, my, my mom's dad biologically uh, moved, uh, was divorced in, from my grandmother and moved to Tennessee. And, and that's where he met his wife, my grandma Dean, the only grandmother really that I grew up with biologically because uh, we were in Tennessee and all of our family was up in New Jersey. And so we grew up with grandma Dean and grandma Dean, as she was at the hospital in Memphis, as she was passing away with cancer and she was talking with my twin brother and I, we were in Bible school, it was 1992. And and uh, the first couple of weeks in January, she was talking about the church that she attended. And, and I've shared this story before, I know, but this story just r- resonated in my heart again this, this week. And she looked at my twin brother and I, and she said, you know, I've heard a lot of sermons in my life. I've heard a lot of dead sermons. She wasn't trying to be critical, but I've heard a lot of dead sermons. She, and and she, this is what she said. She said, don't be a dead preacher. Don't be a dead preacher. So right now, I want, to for, I want to ask you to forgive me for all those sermons that I was just, no. <laughs> but I, I, I just, I hear her every time I step in this pulpit at times, don't be a dead preacher, but what, and it's impossible if you're preaching the Word of God, the Word of God is alive, you, you understand that, but, but we ought to say it with some energy as well, or conviction, because it's true. Because it is true, there is a real heaven and a real hell. It's true, the gospel is our only hope for this country that we live in. The, the, the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, it has to be a passion. So don't be dead Christians. Let's not be dead Christians. Let's be full of life. Let's be full of faith. Let's be full of the presence of God in our lives. And that only happens when we go all in. All in with Jesus. Hallelujah. Thirdly, and... Uh, I'm on third, third point, but I have three more in just a moment. All right, number one, or number three, powerfully. He wanted to know the Lord powerfully, and that was power. I want to know, the, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. And we'll talk more about the Holy Spirit next week, but, but Paul knew the power of God, but he wanted to know it even further in his life, the, the power of God, the, the dunamis, the dynamite power of God. Paul's the one that says, uh, the, the same Holy Spirit who raised Christ from the dead lives inside of you. In the book of Romans, he says that the, it's that same Holy Spirit lives inside of you. That's that power Paul's referring to. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. You can do nothing. And so the, the point is, in our lives, if we're going all in, we're saying, Lord, we want to know you passionately, personally, but we want to know you powerfully as well. And, and for us, that means Guys, the, 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 the gifts of the Spirit, the miracles, and the workings of God did not cease when the Bible was written. Therefore, today, the miracle signs and wonders do, do. Pastor, you mean everyone you pray for is healed and they, they get out of their sickbed? No, listen. Listen, we trust God for all the things we pray about and, and, and trust Him for. But, but we do know that, that many individuals are healed and miracles are still for today when we seek God in prayer and, and resign ourselves ultimately to, to His will. But we are going to pray by Jesus Christ, by His stripes we are healed. And we're going to pray for salvation in His name. And we're going we're to pray for miracles, signs, and wonders to be done in our families. That's the power of God and the presence of Jesus living on the inside of Paul saying, I want to know that Jesus. And he already knew him. He was already saved. He already had the Spirit living inside of him, but he said, I want to know him more. I want to know him more. And that's a a phrase he uses here in in Philippians. He says, what is more? What is more? It's it's another thought I'm having with, with, with God right now, that he's showing me more, Paul is saying. 
Let's know his power as well. Many of you have experienced that. You've walked through valleys and, and you say, I would have only made it. The only reason I'm here is because of the power of God and the provision that he made available for me when, when, when the church prayed. So how can we know Christ personally, passionately, powerfully? I'm going to go through these really quick. Number one, reach for more of Jesus. It's been obvious already. We said it's, it's stretching, it's, it's reaching, it's straining. He says in verse 8, look at it with me in Philippians chapter 3. He says, flip back if you need to. He says, what is more? I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord. Again, Paul already knew him, but, but he, he had touched on Christ and been saved. Yes, but he, he wanted to discover more about Jesus. You know, Christopher Columbus, you hear about him if you go to Washington, D.C. and about this country. And, you know, he discovered America. But did you know that there are over 10,000 lakes in Canada today that have no name? He touched on America. He got there. But did he discover all of America? No. That's what we're talking about. We, we, we come up to Christ and he saves us. He fills us. But then this life, this journey is, is all about surrender and saying, Lord, I want to know you. I want to know you. I want to follow you. The Lord's not following us, church. The Lord's not following us. We're following him. We're following Jesus. And I want to discover what that's like. So reach for more of Jesus. Reach for more of him in, in your life. And, 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 and you find that, that he's showing you things new every morning and new every day or, or new every month. Perhaps the lesson is a while that he's teaching you. But, but when, you, when you reach for more of Christ, he shows you more of who he is. So reach for more of Jesus. Proof, the proof that you want more of God in your life is in the pursuit, right? Oh, Brother Gary, he retired a couple years ago now, and, and uh, he's got a violin that he's working on. And I, I, he, you know, one of his hobbies he's picked up in retirement, Brother Gary Salvoy, y'all know that, right? He's, he's working on the violin, and he, he uh, Brother Gary's upstairs running the sound on live stream. Hey, Brother Gary, but he, uh, he, uh, He's working on that. The proof that he's going to, you know, he's going to be able to play that violin. The proof, you know what the proof is? In the pursuit. Taking those lessons. Walking through what he needs to walk through. I'm picking on Gary this morning, but the proof for you is what? Some say, I'm going I'm to learn how to play the piano. Did you take lessons? <laughs> Did you pursue it? Oh, I'm going to grow in my... Relationship with God. Did you pray? Don't want to hear that in a condemning way again this morning. I want to help you. I want, us to, I want to push us. The proof is that we're pursuing God. The proof is that we're trusting God. The proof is that we're laying something before the Lord and we're saying, Lord, we want more of you. We're reaching for more of you. We're, we're pursuing for more of you. Secondly, how do we know Christ? passionately, personally, and powerfully, reach for more of Jesus, reach for less of self. Here it is, verse, verse 5 through 8, it really is the breakdown, but he says, I consider everything a loss, in verse 8, compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. 
Can I just tell you something this, this morning from a pastor's heart? Get lost. I mean, lose yourself is what I mean. Get, lose yourself. Find Jesus. Pick up your cross daily. Follow Jesus. Understand what he is or who he is for your life. Reach for less of self. We must give up in order to go up. Often the, oftentimes the things we must give up are good things. But Paul gave up striving for the things of the law. Verses 5 through 7, he says again, he circumcised on the eighth day a Benjamin of the tribe of Benjamin and a Hebrew of Hebrews. But all these things, he was faultless and he was in the Sanhedrin, very religious. Whatever was to my profit, I now consider a, a loss for the sake of Christ. Reach for less of yourself. Less of self. Remember what it was like when you first got saved? I mentioned first got saved, okay? Now, put that in context. Remember what it was like when you were stuck in traffic when you first got saved? And someone gave you the number one sign, and I won't give anyone here the number one, but in your mind, you know what I'm talking about. They're hawking on the horn and giving you the number one sign like you're the number one person on the street. And, and, uh, and, and when you first got saved, that flesh reared itself up. And you're like, uh-uh. Uh, one time, all right? One time, I'm just telling on myself now, but one time I, I put the pedal to the metal and I was right behind the guy. You know, that road rage. That, I got to be right. I got to be right. I, he's he's going to hear from me. When, you know, and good thing we didn't get out of the car, right? He might have been way up here and I was down here. And, he might have started singing Zacchaeus was a little, wee little man to me, you know, like Bryce does at times. <laughs> I think that's Bryce sitting back there now. I can't really tell without his <laughs> curls. But anyhow, we, you know, we, uh, we walk through this process where we, we realize, you know, I have to die daily. That stuff can't offend me anymore. I can't say those things. I can't, I shouldn't think those things. I've got to be crucified with Christ. I have to lay myself on the altar and, and reach for less of Danny. Danny is no longer alive. I have to die daily. Whew. Is that an easy process? No. It's spiritual dis discipleship. Spiritual discipline of, of walking with Jesus every day. So you want to know Jesus passionately woo yes let's know him passionately let's know him personally woo he's my god we want to know him powerfully people are going to be saved lives are going to be changed but guess what in that process we get lost we lose ourselves, and we gain christ and we learn more about who jesus is and, and we follow jesus we're not following ourselves it's it's not an inverted christianity it's the right way focused on jesus focused on god and following him one of the exhibits we read at the Museum of the Bible was down on the bottom floor was Copernicus. Anyone heard of Copernicus? We, we learned it in, in, in science class or in somewhere along in school. I, I, it was a kind of a refresher for me, but Copernicus was, you know, 600 years ago, five, 600 years ago, and, and everyone believed that the earth was flat, but he was the one that, or not necessarily flat, but he, he he challenged the theory that the, that the entire solar system revolved around the earth. He said no. And I don't know how he did it without instruments that they use today or without, you know, space shuttles. But he said no, the, the earth, everything does not revolve around the earth. The earth is actually spinning on its axis and going around the sun. The sun is the center. And I, when I read that again... 
down at the bottom floor of the Museum of the Bible, I thought, that's Christianity. We think everything revolves around us. Everything. Everything we're going through, every, all of our life story, it's revolving around us. Yeah, we even sing songs that say, you know, the Lord's writing my story, but not in that context of me, me, me. But yes, the Lord's in control and He can write the story. But we have to revolve our life now about who God is. Who is God? What is He saying to me? That's being all in. So it's reaching for more of Jesus, reaching for less of us. And thirdly, Thirdly, and I close, remind yourself of what's ahead. Remind yourself of what's ahead. Paul says in verse 20, our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. We are eagerly awaiting Jesus. We remind ourselves, Brother Gary, from that song, we remind ourselves of what's coming ahead. Remind yourself, this is not all there is. Remind yourself when you're wherever you are this afternoon or tomorrow. Remind yourself this is not all there is. We are eagerly awaiting a Savior from heaven. Jesus is going to return one of these days. This God that we're all in for, Jesus Christ, this one that we're all in for, we are eagerly awaiting for Jesus to return, to appear. Remind yourself of that, that no matter what season you're going through, no matter what time of life you're living in, that Jesus is going to return one of these days. Maybe before I finish this sermon. That'd be great. Just... We're gone. We're out of here. Listen, that's a good reason for living right. To know that Jesus is going to come back at any moment. To always be doing the right thing. That's a good motivation for giving your life to Jesus right now. And saying, Lord, I I need you. Because Jesus is coming back soon. So remind yourself of what's ahead. There's a heaven ahead. Yeah, we, we may feel like this world that we're living in is all that there is. And I know there's a ball game at noon and, and, and then, then the next ball game, the next week, and on and on it goes. But remind yourself of what's ahead of why we are here. Paul said, I want to know Jesus. And his whole life was about Jesus. Once he met him, to know him is to love him. And say, I want to know Jesus. We give my life to him and follow him all the days of my life. I close with Psalm 27, verses 1 through 4 and verse 13. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? King David's writing this. The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may camp against me, My heart shall not fear, though war may rise against me. In this, I will be confident. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. As for me, that's where I want to get us to this morning. As for me, David says, as for me, are you there yet? Are you there this morning? As for me, I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. David says, as for me, 
Joshua said, choose you this day whom you will serve, but as for me, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Paul says, I want to know Christ. I want to know Christ. I'm all in. King David said, as for me, I'm going to see the Lord. Make up your mind, a, a gritty determination to make up your mind that you're going to please the Lord, you're going to serve the Lord, you're going to live your life for Jesus because He saved you. He's filled you. He's called you. And there is a name written down in heaven. There is a new name written down in heaven, and it's mine. Yes, it's mine. <laughs> it's my name. It's written in heaven. And when we get there one day, he'll, he'll look. I'm just, you know, imagining. He'll look and he'll see that your name's written there. You look over to your Savior, Jesus. And the Bible says that in Isaiah chapter 49 that your name is engraved in the palm of his hand. That's how much he loves you. So we know your name's written there. We know that our names are written there. If we're born again, we've given our life to Jesus. Our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Surrender to Him and say, you know what? I've kind of been hesitant in my faith at some time, but I'm going all in. I'm going all in with Jesus. I'm going all in with the Holy Spirit. I'm going all in with the church. Man, I can't wait to get to that message. Going all in with the church. We couldn't wait to get back to Thibodeau because there's so much work to do. we got to build the kingdom. we got people to visit, lives to change, and people to preach to, and people to teach and life groups to lead. All these things are going all in. Because it's about Jesus.